Vine Youth, hoe gaan het? Hallo, lekker, woe, hè? Hallo. There we go, Bikkie Leva, Vine Youth. Welcome to everyone here tonight. Welcome to everyone listening online. For those of you who don't know by now, hopefully you know by now, because come on, come on, let's be serious here. We are busy with a theme called Run. This is a six-part or a six-week series. We are at part five, which is technically part four, because part one was just an intro. Heet jullie dit? Alright, great. So, was it nog twee weke oor van hierdie thema. Um, and uh, we are busy with Psalm 139. And tonight's verses that we're going to be looking at is verses 13 to verse 16. Who here read their thing? Jullie het gelees? Yes? Nee? Ja? Nee? Eén dag gaan ek nog goeie mense van jullie maak. <laughs> nee, ek spots my. Ja, dit tel, moet nie waar nie. Dit tel nie, tel nie vir jou nie. Jy het nie geweet nie. Um, ek sê jou volgende week skel. <laughs> Anyway, our theme or my message for tonight is called the magic of earthworms. You know a lot about earthworms. Do you know what an angleworm looks like? Do you? Well, then you just gave yourself away because an angleworm is another name for an earthworm. It turns out you don't know that much, do you? Anyway, I'm just joking. The magic of earthworms. Um, stupid dung. Weet jy wat, lewe is kort genoeg, soos ek het nie nog tyd om met technologie ook te sikkel nie. Come on. Nee, actually, actually nie, want hy het net al gewerk. So, um, yeah. All right. Jelle, my phone record is 33 minutes open. Slag, so jelle, my nou shut up, dat ek vinnig in boyskap kan doen. Um, Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16, goes something like this. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I love this. This already sounds like a sci-fi movie. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Dis net vir my so cool gestel. He made us mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully and skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. Uh, you saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Ek dink, dit is een van my stikkies wat ons net kind of oorlees, maar nie erg dink oor nie. Soos, ja, ok, God het ons geskip, big deal. Maar dit is crazy hierdie, as ons rarig hier dink. Mysteriously complex. So I'm just going to jump right into this. We're going to go through it tonight, verse by verse. So starting with verse 13. So verse 13 talks a lot about how God made us, but not just our, our physical bodies, our physical forms. He made all of us. It says he made our delicate insides and our, uh, our, our intricate outsides. Now that term or that phrase, delicate inside, it's a very weird phrase because in, in the original text, so there's a book called the Telehim, which is the Hebrew name for Psalms. So that's the original name for, for the book of Psalms. And in that original book, it, ref, it doesn't say delicate inside. 
it says kidneys. Yo, yo, what's your kidneys? Your nira. Eh? Your nira. Listen to this. This is the original text. So it says, for you, this is uh, David speaking to God, you possessed my kidneys. <laughs> okay, you possessed my kidneys. You have covered me in my mother's womb. That's what it says, verse 13 in the original text. Who here, by show of hands, has ever had their kidneys possessed? Niemand nie? Niemand moet nog een exorcism al ooit gedoen het op jou eie nieren nie? Nog nie? Huh? Poep jylle nie? <laughs> I personally have never had, uh, had to do an exorcism on my kidneys. But uh, I think I did get close last year to my kidneys being possessed. Because I had a, a kidney stone. Which wasn't very pleasant. But anyway, kidneys. This, this just fascinated me. That is so, they're so specific. That can't even specific for nieren praat for geen reed. I mean, longe dele in your lichaam wat ek nie nou aan kan dink nie. Hoekom specific nieren? Why kidneys? I mean, it would make more sense to say God possessed our hearts. Nee? Soos in a poetiese manier, in a metaforiese manier, God possesses our hearts. But why kidneys? God possesses our kidneys. And it turns out, for us to really understand what this means, we have to know a little bit about the, uh, the Hebrew culture of that time. And oftentimes, the Bible referred to kidneys in a, in a metaphorical way. So listen to this. It says, in the Bible, kidneys are often spoken about figuratively to refer to our psyche. And that just means your character or your emotions or your desires or your common sense. That's why, FYI, when you drink too much, you get drunk because your kidneys also get affected and then you lose common sense. That was a joke. Apparently, was that not funny, Anyway, the point I'm trying to make... Ek is nie a funny oni. Ek is nie a funny persoon nie. My jokes is nie funny nie. Okay? Dis okay. My name is Herman Koetseer. Ek is nie funny nie. Alright. The point I'm trying to make is God created all of us. He created, He didn't just create this sack of flesh and bone that you see here, this vessel. He created all of us. Let that sink in. He created your dislikes and your likes. He created your desires. He created your passions. Everything. And what really blows my mind about this is how much time and effort and thought must have gone into making you and making me. I mean, you don't put that kind of, of thought and effort into making anything if you don't absolutely love what you're making. If you don't really care about what you're making right now, you're not going to put that kind of effort into it, that kind of time into it. And so this to me is just a beautiful testimony in itself about how much God really cares for us, how much He really loves us. The fact that He bereid is om soveel tyd en energie te spandeer om al jou little goeikies te maak, al jou, al jou hartsbegeertes, al jou, al jou goed, alles, jou emoties, alles. Is dit vir julle net mind-blowing nie? Anyway, kidneys can also refer to your, what is called your vigor. And that's just another way of saying your energy or your, your physical strength. And I want to share a quick story with you guys now about a girl called uh, Charlotte. And uh, Elena, if you can go to the next slide, please. Uh, Charlotte Heffelmeyer. This is a true story. This happened in the year 2016, so not very long ago. 
and a testimony about uh, Charlotte. Just listen to this. It says, Charlotte Heffelmeyer turned into a real-life 5'6", 120-pound superhero when she rushed to her father's aid on November 28th. Eric Heffelmeyer was working on a pickup in, in the garage when a jack slipped, pinning him under the vehicle. The mishap also caused the gasoline spill, which set the truck and the garage on fire. And listen to what Charlotte says. She says, he was in the garage for about 10 minutes before I stumbled upon him. I couldn't hear anything. I came into the garage and it was already on fire. And from there on, I kind of just, and I love this. She says, I kind of just snapped into super mode, beast mode, kind of just snapped into super mode and did what I had to do. It goes on to say, she received a citizen life-saving award that Thursday from the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department, who says she was able to lift the truck twice to get her father free. Who the hell? Who for daily? Yeah, 120 pounds. I think I put it there in kilograms. Yeah, 54.4 kilograms. Say it 54 kilogram gewicht. The approximate weight of a pickup is 3,175 kilograms. How does this girl lift 58 times her own body weight twice? God is our vigor. He is our strength. He is our energy. Let's move on to verse 14. And verse 14 talks about being mysteriously complex. Some translations say we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, who here likes to understand things? This is lekker om jy wil verstaan. Jy wil as iemand vir jou sê doen dit, dan wil jy weet hoekom moet ek dit doen. Ons het al bietjie voorheen ook daar gepraat. We love as humans, not just us, everyone. We love understanding things because I, I think it uh, it feels like it gives us a sense of control over that thing. Okay? Mysteriously complex, fearfully and wonderfully made. I think one thing that really stood out for me in this verse is as David's reading or, or writing it, he's not trying to make sense of it all. He's not trying to understand everything about it. He's just thankful for the fact that God cares about him, that God loves him. And I think so often that's what we do. We try to, to logic out everything about God. We try to logically understand what God does all of the time. And then what do we do? We decide, well, if I can't make sense of it, if I can't understand it, then it must be fake. It can't be real if I can't understand it. Is that what doing? And that in itself should just prove to us how arrogant humans can be. I mean, who are we to, to say, if I can't understand it, then it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, it's not real. It must be fake. I mean, I don't understand a heart, open heart surgery. I don't understand heart transplants. It's not like you take out the old batteries and you put in a new pack. I don't understand how it works. But we do it. We do it all the time, humans, even though I don't understand it. The Bible says God's ways is not our ways. His understanding is far above our own. What does that mean? That means at the end of the day, when it comes to God, there's no use in trying to figure it all out because we simply can't understand all of Him. But what we can do is just be thankful. Be grateful for grace. Be grateful that it wasn't you that had to hang on that cross. I don't understand why God loves us, to be honest. I don't. 
I just know that he does. Verse 15 says something that I really like. It says, he formed us from nothing into something. Now that to me means there must be a reason he made you. There must be a reason why he made me. Why, why else would he take nothing and turn it into something? Because God never creates anything without purpose. I want you to, to, to remember that tonight. To let that sink in. God never creates anything or anyone without purpose. You are not a problem child. You are not a mistake. I don't care what humans say. You were created with a purpose. Now, as I thought about this, I, I thought maybe I should test out this theory a little bit. And so earlier this week, I was thinking about the most useless animal I could think of other than flies. And toddlers. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> That's, I'm always a joke. Relax. As a belief, you need to calm down. Most useless animal I could think of, and it just so happens that the, the first thing that popped into my head was an earthworm or an angleworm, as I said. I mean, come on, guys. As all the earthworms vanaan doodgaan, so what? So what? This is a worm that on the ground stays. But it turns out earthworms make quite a significant impact on this world. Now, let me give you a few fun facts about earthworms, seeing as I went through the effort of studying up on this. So earthworms, firstly, poop up to 1.5 times their own body weight every day. To put that into perspective for you, if I was an earthworm, <laughs> taking into account my current weight, which isn't as much as you're thinking right now, that means every single day I poop out 154 kilograms. 154 kilograms. That is, there's such a thing as too much poop. So I'm all like a, like a, to relax, okay, now and done. Weet, op die wit bus. Weet, jou vriende by die dam te gaan aflaai en so aan. Maar dat is so ding, soos te veel poepa. 154 kilograms. Of poop. I think I've spoken enough about poop. Um, yeah, they poop a lot. And it makes sense. <gasps> poop a lot. I'm going to start a, a, an online store called Poop a Lot. It's like, take a lot. But, uh, anyway. Woo! Okay. Ijatos. <laughs> it makes sense that they would poop that much, though, because that's all uh, earthworms really do. They eat and they poop and they eat and they poop and they eat and they poop and then they take some time out to borrow some holes and tunnels and then they eat and they poop. <laughs> so it makes sense. But it turns out that poop, last time I said poop, <laughs> that is, uh, excrement is very, very good for the soil. It fertilizes the ground. And furthermore, the fact that they borrow tunnels every day loosens up the ground 
which makes it easier for nutrients to come to the surface, which in turn makes it easier for plants and for trees to grow. So get this. No earthworms equals no fertile ground equals no trees equals no oxygen equals human extinction because of a freaking earthworm. As alle erdworms vanavond dood gaan, Choma, dan kan corona maar seed achter gaan vat, want hier kom groot moeilijkheid. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. If God made something as seemingly insignificant as a worm that lives in the freaking ground, with the intention of maintaining human existence, how much greater the purpose and the plans he has for you? How much greater the purpose and the plans he has for you? And I know some of you are sitting here tonight and you don't really know what your purpose is yet. Some of you are sitting here tonight and you don't know why you exist. Some of you are sitting here tonight and, and you feel like just ending it all. Because what's the point? And some of you are sitting here tonight and you don't yet know what you, what you should do with your life one day. You know what? I, I know everyone freaks out about that. Jy moet weet, jy moet weet. Ek gee nie om of jy nou 12 jaar oud is, jy moet nou al weet wat jy voor 50 jaar met jou leven gaan doen. It's okay. It's okay that you don't have it all figured out. Amen? It's okay if you don't have it all figured out. But I, I hope it brings you some relief tonight to know that even if you don't understand it yet, you have a purpose. There's a reason for your existence. God never makes anything without purpose. The last verse talks about how God already knew everything that you were going to go through even before you were born. While you were still being formed in the womb, even before you were a fully formed and functional human being, he already knew everything that you would go through. Currently, he knew about everything you've already gone through and he already knows about everything you will still face. Even before you saw the light of day for the first time, he already knew it all. He already saw your whole life play out. And you know why this is exciting to me? Because this to me means that even before I exited my mom, <laughs> grow up, <laughs> even before I was born, he already equipped me. He already gave me the capacity to overcome everything this world can throw at me. Isn't that great? Isn't that so cool to sit here and to know that whatever may come your way from this night on forward, know that you have been equipped to overcome it all. That doesn't mean you will. That means you have the capacity to overcome. But it also depends on if you allow his spirit to strengthen you. And let me tell you tonight, the moment you choose Jesus as your God and as your Savior, the moment you start living obedient to His Word and His will as best you can, because let's face it, 
No one's perfect and we all make mistakes. The moment his spirit comes to live in you and eventually starts working through you, he is the one that strengthens us to overcome every battle. There's no defeat. There's no victory. There's no battle that surprises God. He already saw it all and he already equipped you to overcome it all. Nothing can break my spirit. You might lose your life. Don't get me wrong. You might get hurt. You might lose people. You might even lose your very life. But your spirit will never be broken as long as you are in Christ because it is his spirit that lives in you. You can overcome. I'd like to end off with one last scripture. And then we're just going to do a quick summary. Um, There you go. Thanks, Aluna. Romans 8, verse 31 to 34 says, So, what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? This form is so cool. If God is for me, you know what this is saying? This is saying, bring it. God has my back. Bring it on. If God has determined to stand for me, who then can stand against me? And once again, I just want to emphasize, I'm not trying to say that as long as you are Christian, as long as you live the way the Bible says you should live, no harm will ever come to you. That's nonsense. The Bible never teaches that. We spoke about that last week, where Jesus says, in this lifetime, you will have troubles, you will have sorrows, but take heart, for I have overcome all of it. Nothing can break your spirit, because it is, your, it is the spirit of Christ that lives in you. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. Them is us. What is the verdict? Not guilty. Oftentimes, I think we don't really get this. We don't really get how big of a deal this is because none of us have ever truly experienced hell. And so, in a sense, none of us really know what we're missing. But I believe we'll sing a different tune if we've made a trip there one day and somehow came back. Hopefully none of you have to do that. Okay, in closing, verse 13 speaks about how God created all of us, our insides, our outsides, our kidneys, our livers, our lungs, our hearts, everything. And therefore, He knows us best. That's why the Bible says He knows you better then you know yourself. He knows all of you. He put your likes and dislikes there. He put those emotions there. He put those passions there. He put those desires there. He engineered you. He created you. He knows you best. No one understands what you are going through right now better than God. 
Verse 14 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, mysteriously complex. I want to encourage you tonight to learn, teach yourself to accept God's love without understanding it. Because we can't. Wat betekent dit? Dit betekent baie van julle sit met onvergiftnis in julle harte. En nie net onvergiftnis teen oor ander nie, onvergiftnis teen oor jouself. Jy kan jouself nie vergewe vir sekere goed wat jy gedoen het in jou verlede nie. En omdat jy dit nie kan doen nie, kan jy nie gloe dat God jou kan vergewe daarvoor he. Leer om Godse vergiftnis te aanvaar, leer om Godse liefde te aanvaar, sonder dat jy het verstaan. Want sy liefde is net eenvoudig boe ons verstande. Dit is te groot vir ons om dit te kan verstaan. Verse 15 says, He formed us from nothing into something. We have a purpose. No one can sit here tonight and say, I have no purpose. There's no reason that I exist. There's no difference whether I exist or, or stop existing. Jy sit hier, want God het een plan met jou. En of jy besluit om in die plan in te tree of nie, that's up to you. But there is a plan for you. There is a purpose for your life. And then lastly, talks about how we are equipped, even before we were born, to overcome every challenge. There is no pain too severe, no addiction too great, no depression too dark. You can overcome, but not in your own strength. Let's just close eyes. Heere, ek wil sommer net begin dier te sê, dankie vir elke persoon wat vanavond hier is. Dankie vir elke hart wat hier klop vanavond. En dankie vir elke persoon wat ook aanlein ook luister. Heere, en ek wil sommer net begin dier te sê, of te vraag dat jy hulle sal sien, dat jy die woorde hulle sal sien, dat het vir hulle openbaring sal bring, en die wil openbaring, dat jy hulle die kracht sal gee, om jy liefde en jy vergifnis te aanvaar, sonder om dit te kan verstaan. Heere, ek weet nie altyd hoekom jy doen wat jy doen nie. Dit maak jy altyd vir my sin nie, en soms voel jy baie ver weg. En soms voel het my jy is baie stil. En so heere, in die oomlikke vraag dat jy geest my sal leid, dat jy my sal help, om te weet, ongeag of ek het verstaan of nie, maar om eenvoudig net te weet, Jy is vir my, jy is met my, jy is lief vir my. Dankie daarvoor, Heer. In die naam, Amen.